What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Hey everybody, welcome to Creature Feature, where we look at all the crazy creatures in nature. I'm your teacher, Katie Golden. I studied evolutionary biology and psychology, and once I tried cat food just to see what all the fuss was about. On the show, we like to dive into the world of humans and animals, and look at that slice in the Venn diagram where our worlds intersect. Today we'll be talking about some adorable animals who look so cute and sweet and who want to murder you to death. We're talking the most surprisingly scary animals you should be afraid of. Discover this and more as we answer the age-old question, what the heck is catfish noodling? So, first let's talk Venom. And I don't mean Tom Hardy being sexy, having weird, intimate relationships with alien goo. Venom use is a predatory and defensive strategy in the animal kingdom, and it's one of the scariest weapons animals can wield against humans. Animal venom and toxins have different methods of action. Some, like that of the Russell's viper, contain coagulants, blood thickeners, that induce thrombosis, which means clotting. And it's really nasty and ugh, very gross. If you've seen videos, sometimes you can mix snake venom with just a cup of blood and it turns into like jello. So rattlesnake venom contains hemotoxins that destroy tissue, causing necrosis, and stops the blood from coagulating, kind of the opposite problem. The threat of venom isn't overblown. Four million people worldwide are victims of envenomation, and 90,000 die. When you think of deadly venom, you probably imagine snakes and spiders, maybe a scorpion or two, but there are many other animals that are surprisingly deadly, innocent-looking creatures you'd never think to be scared of, until their venom is coursing through your veins and destroying your body from the inside out. Joining me today is comedy writer, Comedy Central featured stand-up comedian, and co-host of the podcast Private Parts Unknown, Sophia Alexandra. Welcome! Hi! Thanks for having me. 
You're so welcome. You told me before the show that you have a fun animal story. Yeah, and I also want to say in your intro, you say that you tried cat food just to see what all yes. the past is about. Um, I've I've eaten doggy ice cream. Oh, and more than know. once because it is really good. Oh, they actually have it. Like, yeah, like they they make special ice cream for dogs. That no, they can it's eat? it's it's kind of like space ice cream. Oh. It's like, do you know what I mean? It's kind of yeah, a dry, dehydrated. dehydrated ice cream. Yeah, and. Uh, it is so fucking good. I, I got my dog these cookies once that were like, um, they smelled super good. They were uh, designed for dogs, but they're like vanilla. They kind of look like vanilla Oreos. Um, and they had, uh, it smelled heavenly. And they were made out of duck renderings or something, like <laughs> rendered duck fat. And I tried a little bit. It was not good. Um, not yeah. good in the mouth. But this is like sweet. <laughs> I don't know why, wow. but it's delicious. Dog, dog ice dog, cream. Doggy ice cream. Anyway, uh, and my fun animal story is, okay, so I grew up in um, the Soviet Union. Uh, I grew up in Odessa. Then it became, you know, Ukraine. And uh, when I was growing up, we lived in a communal apartment, which means it's a lot of people sharing a very right. small space. So it'd be like my mom and I were in one room and this like 65-year-old alcoholic man was in another and we like shared the kitchen and the bathroom. Um Anyway, just to give you an idea of what the place was, my mom and I went to a market and there was a whole truck of baby chicks and I like lost my shit. I was like, this is the best thing I've ever done. I like couldn't walk away from there. And I was like, I need chicks. I I need them. (laughs) Gotta pick up some chicks. Yeah. And my mom, bless her, bought me two chicks to bring into the living situation I just described to you. Oh, boy. So uh, we had them for a while until they kind of started becoming teenagers. Mm. And then they got like a chicken pox. I don't know. Uh, Chickens can get chicken pox, but... Or if it's Some kind of mite thing. Something weird where they started losing their feathers. And then my mom oh, was yeah. like, we can't keep them here. We have to give them to a farm. So I really hope that they actually went to a farm instead of <laughs> went getting to killed. quote unquote farm. You know, because I didn't know farm was code then. Right. But, but our, the 65-year-old alcoholic was from like a farm from this oh, village. And that's so maybe, where he took them. So maybe they really maybe did end they up did on a farm. Maybe they did go to a farm and the farm isn't just a euphemism for a big old boot. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that's my fun animal story. Well, that's so, that's adorable. Now we're going to talk about stuff that's not as adorable. Yay. What kind of animals are you afraid of? Uh, I don't like it when bugs have too many legs. Yeah. Like, like a millipede situation. Yeah. Like, I just think that's fucked up. That's too many legs. When I was a little kid, a millipede crawled up my leg and I looked down. I just like ran into the house, stripping off clothes and jumped into the shower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that freaks me the fuck out. Um, I'm OK with like, I don't know, I guess most stuff. Because how often are you encountering like animals in the city that you like need to be afraid? I've seen coyotes in the city. Yeah. Yeah, and if you're if you're a human, coyotes aren't too dangerous as long as you're an adult, no, not exactly. a not a delicious baby. If you're not baby. a chihuahua, right? Not a chihuahua, not a sweet little innocent, juicy, del- juicy baby. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I want to take you uh, in this show. We like to go to Imagination Station, Ooh. all aboard the brain train. Uh. So imagine you're on a lovely beach. The waves nice. coming in and out. Just close your eyes. Even if you're driving, close your eyes. <laughs> Don't do that, please. Uh, and you see on the sand as the water 
kind of wraps around your legs. It reveals a beautiful, ornate, conical shell with all sorts of vibrant colors and patterns. You pick it up to examine it further uh, and to marvel at its beauty, and it shines in the sun, and suddenly you feel a sharp pricking as if someone's just stabbed you in the face with a needle. Uh Uh-oh. Then your entire body is racked with an unbearable pain. You start to sweat uncontrollably, your knees buckle from under you, and you collapse, completely unable to move and paralyzed. Your vision starts to swim, but you can make out blurrily the cone snail in your hand and a kind of tendril attached to your face like a miniature taser. Damn. Okay, because before you started saying that, I was like, oh, I'm afraid of things wrapping around my legs like in the sea, like tentacles. And then you were like, a tentacle comes out and attaches to your face. (laughs) I was like, ah, how did she know? Um, So this is a real animal called the cone snail, and it's one of the most deadly venomous sea creatures in the world. Um, they, their venom contains something called conotoxins, which is actually named after the snail. Very inventive. Yeah, I was going to say, oh, cone is great. Yeah, conotoxins. And they have a fun variety of neuromuscular effects, uh, including respiratory and cardiovascular toxicity. Um, and it's got such a varied method of action. It can bind to so many molecules and, you know, fucks with your inside in so many different ways that it's almost impossible to create an effective antivenom. Wow, that's beautiful. Yes. That's <laughs> fucked up and beautiful. Respect, um, cone snail. Yeah. Uh, they, they're they they're jack of all trades and their trades are the, always The renaissance just man you. of murder. Yes, exactly. Of venom murder. <laughs> That's They're amazing. like the Hugh Jackman of murder. They can sing, dance, act. They got an EGOT. <laughs> <laughs> Every murder. Buddy's getting all, only toxins. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so some of the side effects of getting stung by a cone snail are bleeding under the skin, cardiac dilation, which is basically when the chambers of the heart like blow up. Whoa. Uh, Cerebral edema, which is when fluids build up around the brain, which can cause intracranial pressure, which can cut off blood supply and cause death. Oh, man. Uh, So I bet you're wondering, hey, can I I be treated for this? Like, (laughs) is it a death? Actually, I was wondering... Are there any cone snails nearby? Because I'm not in fuck the that. No, I just mean like in California in the ocean. I mean, you're unlikely to run across one, to be fair, but they are found all over the world. So they're in the Indian and Pacific Oceans, uh, the Caribbean and Red Seas, along the coast of Florida. Um, but you're unlikely to just kind of happen upon one walking across the shore. It's usually encounters are when you're diving in the ocean. And you like you like if you see one and you're diving, you shouldn't. Don't don't pick it up. But like snorkeling or like deep sea diving. I think mostly like like you'd actually be scuba diving. I don't think oh, you'd thank God. Okay, I'm not fucking with that anyway. That's <laughs> fine. Okay, I feel um, a lot better. You should also not touch things though when you're snorkeling. So, because uh, you know there's a lot of things. There's like a lionfish when you're snorkeling. Uh, not I don't think they're in uh, San Diego, but I think in uh, Australia. Uh, you you don't you don't want to mess with them. Yeah, they're good luck poisonous. trying to tell me not to touch shit in the ocean. <laughs> I'm just out there, arms out. Touch, like, touch, come touch. Here. touch. Ooh, is that a tampon? Touch, touch, touch. Anything. I'll touch anything in the ocean. Um, so uh, uh, you can actually be treated uh, for it uh, if you get to a hospital, like, immediately. How um, long do you have? Not long. Like, I would say you've got to start getting to the hospital within, 
I didn't really see any great estimates, but I would say within, you know, 30 minutes of being damn uh, uh, injected, uh, ballpark that. <laughs> um, that is but yeah, unlikely. I mean, you're not, you know, it's like you if without treatment, it's got like a mortality rate of around 70 percent. Um, so, uh, they basically at the hospital, since there's no antivenom, they just try to help support your body as you work through the toxins. So, um, they support your breathing and circulation and just kind of hope you ride out the venom and they, they'll give you some painkillers cause it's extremely excruciatingly painful. Um, this and- does not seem like we can do shit with this. You mean like? Like medically. It seems like we I mean, are not really, we've not solved this. Well, it's, to be fair, it's extremely rare, so it's... Uh, but helping someone write it out is, yeah. like, not really a treatment Well, course. another <laughs> another thing they try to do is compression bandages, like, on the way to the hospital in the ambulance um, to kind of try to slow the circulation of the toxin. Um, but too much compression can cut off circulation, and that can lead to tissue necrosis, which is basically your tissue dying, and you don't want that. That's no good. What about icing the body? I don't know. It's an interesting idea because, you know. Because that's what they do. Uh, I, I used to have breast cancer and I had chemotherapy and yeah. did a cold cap. And they yeah. do that so that like the blood with the chemo in it doesn't yeah. circulate as oh, much through so your head. So that you can keep your hair. That's also been used extremely rarely. There aren't that many case studies of this, but like with um, rabies to try to help slow down the body processes just so, um, you know, the, the sort of lowering the temperature of the body um, to help kind of ameliorate some of the effects. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't think, I think it's like so, it's not treated that often. And, and I think mostly just supporting the like, breathe, like helping to manually help someone breathe and supporting the circulatory system and treating the symptoms as they come along seems to be the most successful. But that's a good, that's a good point. I wonder if they try that. Yeah. Um, uh, so statistically speaking, you actually have nothing to worry about. Like only 36 people have died in the past basically 100 years. Um, but it still just doesn't sound like a good time to me. Sounds like a real bummer. Sounds like a real bummer. Such a horrible way to go that I feel like... It just can really ruin your day at the yeah. beach. Yeah, just like getting harpooned by a little uh, pretty seashell. It also sounds like alien or something. It, it is. It just doesn't sound yeah. real. Yeah, like where it's... So, yeah, and it looks like it too. So it's like they have this harpoon that comes out of... This proboscis, this little tentacle. It's not really a tentacle, but it's just I love this the word proboscis. Proboscis. Um, and it hangs out of their shell. Um, and uh, so the harpoon really does look like a harpoon when you look at it under the microscope or, or a hypodermic needle. It's hollow so that the venom can flow through it directly into your face. <laughs> Holy shit. Um, it's, uh, it's actually a customized radula. So a radula is the name for basically the mollusk equivalent of teeth um and evolution has shaped these into almost these perfect harpoon shapes and it's kind of neat that it's a harpoon shape because that means it like gets stuck because that's the point that's like the the harpoon isn't just like a it 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 has that little little hook that's like that little extra screw you that yep lodges it into you um and so the proboscis hangs out lures in unsuspecting fish and then when the fish or other prey item gets close enough, they shoot them with a harpoon, like a taser. 
Um, and then the uh, venom goes into the fish, paralyzes it, kills it typically. Um, and then it can just, re- you know, suck in the prey <laughs> through its proboscis. Respect. Uh, and some larger cone snails have harpoons that are big enough to pierce a wetsuit. What? Just to make you feel extra safe scuba That's diving. That's crazy. <laughs> um, cone snail venom is one of the most potent venoms in the world. It's uh, more deadly per unit than that of the king cobra. Um, king cobra does kill more people, but it's venom. It actually is able to pump in more. Uh, it, first of all, you're more likely to come across. Yeah, a I was cobra. just gonna say it's not as rare as a cone snail. Right, and then it's they're more they're more you're just more likely to accidentally piss off a cobra, uh, and then it's also they pump in more venom than a cone snail does. Uh, but per unit, it's a lot more powerful than that of the king cobra. It's also constantly regrowing its harpoon, so it's always got a ready arsenal to continue murdering. <laughs> Again, wow. Just a constant. The commitment to murder is right. just unparalleled. Right. It's like one of these kind of like someone who's unhealthily obsessed with guns and just has this huge collection of guns. It's like, what are you planning on doing? Like, You're like, put that gun away. And they're like, okay. And then they take out another gun. Right. And they have like several more guns on them. And it's like, like, I'll need you to like, you know, put your put your gun on the table. And they just like take out an entire arsenal. And like, yeah, you're and, like, are, is that all of them? And they're like, no. Yeah, just like a, they, they like take out a huge like bazooka and all these other things and grenades and... <laughs> Uh, so never give up, never surrender. <laughs> when it comes to murder, that's true. Love cone, love, love the cone snail. snail. So a weird thing about them is that some cone snail species venom has a component to it, which, when isolated, can be used as a painkiller that can be uh, could potentially be a thousand times more potent than that of morphine. Holy shit! And potentially less addictive. Potentially? Potentially. <laughs> I, I just like to imagine. Like, I like that they're like, it could be great or you will be addicted or the to new, it. Or the new drug, just people going around finding cone snails, getting shot in the face like, ah, oh, it hurts, but it feels so good. <laughs> uh, and then I want to talk about another cute little sea creature that doesn't seem very dangerous. Just a little, these are little tiny, cute little jellyfish. Little, Oof, little don't tiny. trust those. But there is this. Th- these ones are called the Urkudanji jellyfish. Uh, actually, I think I pronounced that wrong. I think it's Urukanji. Yes, that sounds right. Uh, and they're about the size of uh, your thumbnail. They're teeny tiny. They're you little know, tiny kitty. Like you know, and those and, are the ones that sting me when I when I go to Mexico. <laughs> the little tiny ones. I mean, ones. yeah, they're not the same clearly because no, no. I'm still alive. You'd be dead, yeah. Yeah, but these sting a lot, and they're little, and you don't see yeah. it when they happen. It's like in uh, Finding Nemo, where Dory finds the cute little jellyfish, and it stings her. Yeah. Um, but they're they're the sm- one of the smallest jellyfish in the world, and they're also one of the most venomous. Um, like the cone snail, they will fire their stingers into their victims. And the effects of uh, their sting is known as the uh, Urukanji syndrome. And it includes symptoms such as excruciating muscle cramps, severe kidney pain, burning sensation in the skin, headaches, sweating, nausea, vomiting, increased heart rate and blood pressure, psychological phenomena of a feeling of impending doom caused by the release of uh, some kind of neurotransmitter that the <laughs> jellyfish also has. So it's not only destroying your body, but destroying your mind. 
I mean, I respect a multitasker. You yeah. Know? Physical and psychological torture. That's really that jellyfish. Jellyfish is a real hater. It is. It, it's a it's a professional hater. Uh, so the sting is just moderately irritating. Um, and that's kind of well, why I guess. Thank you. You will at first. And then about 30 minutes after being stung, you're in for a bad time. I mean, yeah, I heard what you just read. <laughs> <laughs> so the effects of the sting, it's not immediate. Like, so first you're just like, oh, a little, it's fine. Just a little, little, little bit of an irritation. It's not so bad. And then 30 minutes later, you're just, it, you're, your body is dying and your brain is tricked into thinking there's impending doom, except there also is. <laughs> so it's like, uh, <laughs> um, and the sting is a hundred times as potent as a cobra and a thousand times as potent as a venomous tarantula. I like that we keep comparing the everything to King Cobra. We're like, yeah, fuck you. You're not as bad as you thought. <laughs> I know, Cobra. You think you're a badass? You're really not. Nope. Uh, it's a uh, it's a real. I, I like I like doing sick burns on cobras. Yeah, I mean, somewhere out there, they're like plotting a revenge right. against against you. Right. I mean, also cobras just seem like the jocks of the snake world. They're they like just out there and they're all this solo upper cups. body. Yeah, just like flexing all the time. And uh, I mean, completely skipping leg day, obviously. <laughs> um, yeah, where are those calves, bro? <laughs> uh, so they the one of the ways that these jellyfish can kill you is fatal brain hemorrhage. Cool. <laughs> so. I'd like to know what that looks like. Is that an internal situation? Yeah, or... so your brain bleeds to death. No, but like would any of the blood come out of your nose or your ears or anything? I don't think so. I mean, you might be just bleeding around anyways because uh, you are you get um, a lot of muscle cramps and such, but I think it's mostly just internal. I don't think the blood is like splurting out of your eyeballs. I got to say, I'm a little disappointed. Yeah, I know. It's, if you're going to do this, go all the way. Like you know? a 10 on deadliness, but a zero on presentation. Seriously. It's all about the presentation. Yeah, I was expecting like a movie bleeding out of the right. nose and Just mouth and ears situation. Splurting blood everywhere. Crying tears. Yeah. The blood would be amazing. Any, yeah. Anything like that I yeah. was looking for. We have talked on the show about the... Uh, um, it's the uh, horned toad. It's actually a lizard, and it uh, it does squirt blood out of its eyes, but on purpose as a defense strategy. It's pretty cool. Is the blood poisonous? It's distasteful. It doesn't taste good. So it's like if it gets distasteful. Yeah, if it gets in a coyote's <laughs> mouth, they're they're like, oh, I'm not going to eat you. You you squirt stink blood at me. That's, That's no good. Amazing. Um. So where would you suppose these jellyfish live? Just just guess. Fucking Australia. Yes. Correct. Yeah, most deadly shit is from there. Yep. It's always Australia. People are always telling me to go there. I was like, nah. no. There's a lot of other places that are not. They also have box jellyfish. They also have like the blue ringed octopus, I'm pretty sure. They have all those fucking spiders yeah. that are poisonous too. Yeah. Yeah. Although, as we'll discuss later, you shouldn't be as afraid of spiders as these other animals. That's why I didn't even put them on my list. <laughs> so uh, these jellyfish send almost 100 people to the hospital a year. Uh, so that's not great. Uh, um, do most people survive? What's the well? If you go, here? yeah, if you go to the hospital, you can successfully be treated generally. Um, but if you don't How go to the hospital, do you have? 
uh, before you start dying. I think it's so there aren't that many case studies because like as soon as someone gets stung, they just like send them out. But you definitely have a good 30 minutes before you start uh, showing any symptoms. So, um, yeah, I would say if you can get to the hospital within an hour, you, you'll probably be okay. I don't know. Don't don't quote me on that. Don't, like, get stung by one and then, like, say, like, but ah, she's it's 40 said. minutes. It's fine. Well, she said under an hour. <laughs> just um, get a massive lawsuit. Yeah. So, catfish. Did you know catfish can sting? I didn't know. No. Yeah, I thought they were. I thought they were kind of adorable with their like mustaches. Yeah, just like like harmless big mouth mustachioed dudes. Yeah, I mean, in my mind, they're like wearing a top hat. Essentially, <laughs> I don't know how they, they have like could a French sting. They have like yeah. a French accent, and they're like, "Oh, oui, oui, madame. Oui, oui, I, I eat the fishy poop. I eat the fish poop." <laughs> Um, so they have d- dorsal and pectoral spines that can inject you with venom. The venom isn't deadly, but it can cause severe tissue necrosis, which is like Ugh. I explained, tissue dying off. Don't Google it. Don't do it. I'll, I've I'll d- seen pictures. Let me describe it. Let me paint a mental picture so you're not tempted to Google it. What tissue necrosis looks like is, you know, like the burnt part of a pizza? Um, like that. But, like, on your skin, and it's not that it's burning, it's that it's dying flesh. It's just like, straight up black and creepy. Yeah, it's, like, black and blue and green. It's, like, rotting and off like of your holes body. And, and just, yeah, it looks like it looks like a little chunk of your body has been turned into a zombie. It's it's pretty gross and not good for you to, to have on I'm you. I'm about to Google it. Again. Don't. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, have you heard about uh, catfish noodling? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I feel like I have. Uh, what what comes to mind? Isn't that a sport? Maybe. Where I you, like, pull catfish out? Okay, yeah. I don't know if it's a, I don't, I didn't realize it was, like, a sport. I'm not sure if it's, like, a, oh, a I thought people competitive like sport. competed in it. Maybe too. they do. Maybe I just made that be a thing in or my I mind. I hope it's a thing. I kind of don't, because you shouldn't harass catfish because you can both get hurt but (laughs) it is pretty funny um so noodling is when people go into swamps and then they put their fists into or it doesn't necessarily have to be swamps anywhere where catfish roam and they find like a catfish burrow Mm -hmm. um and then like they stick their whole arm down into the burrow and the Mm -hmm. catfish will freak out and like bite your arm and, and then, then you pull your arm out. You pull your arm out, and the whole this huge catfish is on your arm. Um, so I'm going to say on the record, I don't recommend it. Um, I, I suppose unless you're a professional uh, catfish noodler, because catfish is heavy, and we don't it, we're not super buoyant. So if you're like swimming down and you get bitten by a catfish, and then you can't swim back up, you you could drown. <laughs> They're also also what an undignified way right, to die. Right? Yeah. Like like I imagine people having catfishing. Yeah, your fucking You're, loved ones writing the obituary and yeah. having to be like, I guess we have to put catfish noodling in this. He died as he lived, sticking things, sticking, sticking his, his fucking fist. hands where they don't belong. <laughs> Fuck you, Kevin. Love Deep your family. Deep-throating catfish with his arm, as as he 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 would have wanted to die this way. We don't even miss him. We don't. What a dumbass. What a douchebag. <laughs> um, yeah, and also, uh, you know, because they have uh, those spines that can inject you with venom that are very painful. I, I just wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't noodle a catfish personally. 
Apparently, <laughs> I was reading about catfish noodling and people do them in pairs as a sport because, like, it's too dangerous to do it alone. So you have to have a spotter, a catfish noodler spotter. Amazing. Um, and so, I mean, I guess if you if you feel it's also illegal in a lot of places because it's dangerous and pointless. Uh, so uh, I, if you must catfish noodle, noodle with a buddy. <laughs> PSA. Never noodle alone. Never noodle alone. Let people know when you, like, have a noodle itinerary where it's like at 8 a.m. I'm going to such and such swamp and I'm going to catfish noodle with this friend and alert. I mean, you will, you'd probably, at that point, you'd probably get arrested because it's illegal a lot of places. (laughs) Uh, I apologize to everyone who practices catfish noodling. I may be missing out on some. They're very angry right now. Right. Writing you letters. Right. Like, it may be a real important tradition in places, but... Um, I, I think it's fine if you know what you're doing, but if you are listening to this podcast and you're thinking, is catfish noodling right for, for me? me? <laughs> I would say no. I would say don't unless, d- just don't. Don't noodle. Stay, stay in scoodle. Don't noodle. <laughs> Please someone make this merch. <laughs> stay in scoodle. Don't you noodle. Can you become immune to venom? So right up top, I'm going to say, hey, guys, don't try it. Be cool, stay in school, and don't inject yourself with deadly snake venom. That said, my PSA didn't reach the ears of rock singer Steve Ludwin, who has been injecting himself with snake venom for over 30 years. He's in punk bands, and he likes to shoot up with snake venom that he's collected. So why? Is it because it's just super punk to do? Well, it goes beyond that. Ludwin is an animal lover, and hey, I mean, I'm an animal lover too, but I don't inject snake venom into my veins, like, hardly at all. Prove it, (laughs) then. But to Ludwin, it's an intimate experience. He says, quote, Snakes are fucking everywhere. The symbol for medicine is two snakes. They're ingrained in our brain and our DNA, unquote. Um, I can't actually verify any of that. Uh, he has another motivation for I it. like the voice he used. Yeah. Him. Hey, man, uh, snakes, they're fucking everywhere, man. They're in our DNA. Uh, so he probably doesn't sound anything like that. So he's I got, bet you're dead on. Yeah, it's, uh, no, you're right. Uh, so he actually has another motivation for injecting himself. He wants to, quote, build up an immunity. So here's another quote for him. Uh, But, you know, I've always loved snakes. I had no idea what it would do to me, but I knew it'd been done before, and I was curious to see if it was possible to become immune to snake venom. So, again, I think it's good to point out that typically the best thing you can hope for after injecting yourself with snake venom is a trip to the hospital, and maybe you'll survive without too many amputations. Uh, So for an example of the dangers, once Ludwin, quote, overdosed on venom, uh, he didn't want to go to the hospital despite the fact that his hand blew up to the size of a baseball mitt because he was afraid his snakes would be confiscated from him. Oh my Uh, God. (laughs) He owns the snakes? Yes, yes. He milks them and then injects himself with their venom. Okay, you missed telling me that. I buried the lead. the lead on that one. That is fucking creepy. (laughs) He's like got a snake farm essentially. Yeah, to inject himself. Jeez, I mean, that's you're not, not supposed punk. to get high off that's your own just, supply. Yeah. Uh, so to pass the time, he watched a David Attenborough series about reptiles as his arm just started to get bigger and bigger, and he finally decided to go after the uh, go to the hospital once his entire arm swelled up, and uh, he described his arm as something out of the Evil Dead. Um, 
So he somehow survived, and his complete insanity might benefit us all somehow. Uh, researchers at the University of Copenhagen are trying to develop the first human-derived antivenom using Ludwin's antibodies. So typically, antivenom is developed by injecting domesticated animals with small amounts of snake venom and collecting their antibodies. The University of Copenhagen's Ludwin Library of Human-Derived Antivenom may be a godsend for those who reject antivenom derived from animals. As Ludwin puts it, quote, If those scientists win the Nobel Prize for medicine and I get recognition, that'd be pretty sweet. I can't believe this idiot is going to benefit people. He, he may save us all. So when we come back, I'll discuss a couple more surprisingly venomous animals, as well as some sweet, cute little babies who can jack your shit right up. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. So, animals often take advantage of us by being cute. We've <laughs> talked about this before on the show where any animal who fits into our baby schema, having big foreheads, big eyes, adorable baby-like proportions, just cutie woody pies, make us just want to love and cuddle him forever. In fact, there's a research study that found viewing cute images increases behavioral carefulness, and this may be the cutest behavioral study I've ever heard of. Participants were exposed to pictures of dogs and cats, either as puppies and kittens or as adults. Those who saw the pictures of the cute little puppies and kitties performed better on what the researchers called a, quote, fine motor dexterity task, aka the Hasbro game operation. Researchers think the effect of cuteness goes beyond your aptitude at pulling butterflies out of Cavity Sam's stomach. They think that by seeing something cute, we go into a hyper-careful mode, perhaps which is helpful in child-rearing. But there may be another reason to be extra careful. Some cute things want to kill us, and we can't be beguiled by their adorable puppy faces. 
Wait, so being really careful is what makes you good at operation? I guess so. Interesting. I thought it was uh, steady hands brought on by Xanax. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like getting a Xanax prescription just to be good at those steady hand games. Yeah, like Adderall and Focus. Yeah, That's yeah. It. That's Ooh, all you mix need. Xanax and Adderall. Don't do that. You'll die or something bad. I'm sure yeah, something please, bad will happen. Don't listen to. Don't our... don't mix don't don't mix medications without a doctor. Nah. Um, especially not to get good at operation. <laughs> it's really not worth it. No, it's not. <laughs> so, have you ever seen those like viral videos of the slow loris? Have you seen those before? I don't know what what will Let you me show you show a me and yes. I'll know if I have. And it's a cutie woody. Look at the cute. Oh yes, of Look course. At how cute. Of how cute. course. It's got these It is adorable. Adorable. It's got these big brown eyes. It's got like It's the, like a long panda almost. Yes. It's like a little, it's like a long miniature panda. Um and I'm sure you may have seen like those videos of that that little slow loris getting little tummy scratches and its arm lifting up and it's so cute but it's actually very sinister in many ways as we will discuss. So No one can see this but my eyes are widened with just shock. like a just like a slow loris. <laughs> <laughs> so say you come across a slow loris in the wild uh, these are some of the most adorable little primates you've ever seen. Uh, they're found in tropical and subtropical Southeast Asia. Uh, they're nocturnal primates with huge, adorable eyes. They're fluffy. They got cute little boopable noses, cute little hands. They kind of look like a cross between a porg and a monkey. They're so cute. They got Super like cute. sloth-like features also. They just, like, it's just one of the most huggable-looking animals, but... You should not hug them. Do not do that. Uh, because they have evolved to mimic a cobra's deadly bite. Um, they're what? actually, yes. They are the only known venomous primate in the world. Wow. I didn't even know primates could be venomous. Well, most of them aren't. <laughs> only this one. Uh, they have a toxin in the crook of their inner arms. So, when threatened, it will put its arms up over its head, exposing these toxic pits. Uh, not not like when I raise my arms up and everybody has to smell my pits. Get it? <laughs> I sometimes, you know, it gets sweaty down there, and I, I can't help it. Dude, uh, it's the summer. It is the summer. Uh, but actually, it's not their armpits. It's the brachial gland on their upper arm. Um, and so it secretes a venom. Um and it actually also mimics a cobra's general look with a posture and dark coloration that kind of looks like a cobra's hood. Uh, and it undulates Whoa. in like a serpentine manner. Like sexy-like? <laughs> Just like... And then he hugs you to death. Uh, so it'll actually... The way it delivers this venom is it like sucks the venom from its uh, arms with its mouth and then it bites... So it's like, like, lick, lick, lick my arms, bite, bite, bite your butt. That's so weird. It look, it's like taking tequila shots, but yeah, not. Yeah, but venom. Wow. Uh, and then it'll like, once it bites, it doesn't like to let go because that, it gets more venom in that way. Um, and this venom can actually cause anaphylactic shock in humans. And even there has been recorded cases of people dying from this. How do you like, get it to let go? You know how they say like if a pit bull is like hanging Tickle on Tickle its armpits. No, no, wait. There's you, more time yeah. there. Like you put a finger apparently up the butt of a pit bull if it, huh. like, it's not letting go. I don't know. I've heard that. 
I, I don't, I don't recommend. Hmm. Not saying you should put a finger up the butt know. of a slope. I don't think you should. I, I don't know what you should. Just saying, do. what do you do? I I wouldn't personally. I wouldn't recommend putting a finger up a slow loris's butt. That's I, just not. Yeah, I don't think you should. Uh, but I'm saying, how do you I get it think, off of you? How do you get it off of you? Well, I, I don't know. I think like uh, y- by that point, you've already screwed late. up. It's too late. You just gotta accept your fate because you <laughs> messed with one of the cutest animals in the world. You made it scared. This is your punishment. I love how fatalistic you are about it. You're like, no, you fucked up. It's time you to did, die. Because like, it's so it's so cute and you scared it and you kept molesting it until it bit you. So like, you know. So question, that video of, of the thing being tickled and yeah. it exposing its pits, was it about to get violent? Um, it was definitely scared. So it was like uh, it, it's lifting its arms up like that can be a sign that it's it feels threatened. Um, I don't know, you know, if it was about to bite. In fact, I think that's with some of these uh, uh, the because there are actually one of the main threats to slow lorises is, is their uh, the wildlife trade. There's this illegal pet trade. And they are really not good pets. They're not domesticated. They're not meant to be pets. They, you know, it's, they're yeah, dude, they have poisonous bites. <laughs> they're for sure not meant they to be They have poisonous armpits. Um, I think sometimes they remove those glands so they won't be dangerous. That is so shitty. I know. It's really mean. Um, and uh, so. <laughs> Just let the animal right. be the animal. Right. So Fuck those, you. So those videos of them getting tickled are really not necessarily that cute. Uh, I can't. Can't say for certain that the they're scared in the videos. It's hard. It's hard to know. Um, but like lifting their arms up like that is often a, sign a defensive of that. posture. Yeah. So it, it wouldn't be surprising to me if they were feeling threatened, but like they can't do anything about it. Um, so uh, mommy lorises will rub toxins on their babies. <laughs> so cute. Uh, to protect them. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, partially that those toxins will protect them from parasites too. Um, Smart. Yeah. Um, so actually the way that their venom works is it triggers a severe allergy. Uh, it's similar to the molecular structure of the allergen in cat dander, just a lot more potent. Um, so that's why it causes anaphylactic shock in, in some people because it's like this really severe allergy My husband reaction. would die in a second. Yes. <laughs> um, that's another reason not to keep them as pets. You will die. No, I don't know. <laughs> um, I like the dance you did with you will die. You will die. Don't collect illegal lorises. They no, will no, kill no. you with their armpits. Um, so like I said earlier, we're more of a danger to them than they are to us. Uh, they're endangered because of deforestation and the illegal wildlife trade. So if you see one don't on like. fuck with it, man. Yeah, if you see Let one on like a Craigslist listing or you want to get one as a pet, you, you don't. Like we have, dogs and cats are great pets and dogs are, they've evolved with us forever just to be our pets. And cats, I mean, obvious, we're just slaves to cats. So like either of those options are great to have as yeah. pets. Uh, just don't, slow horses, leave them alone. They'll. they'll They're not for you, man. They'll, they'll uh, kill you with their armpits. They don't want you around. <laughs> Uh, so another, another cutie little, little, cute little baby animal is a uh, platypus. They're like the lovable goofballs of the animal kingdom. Yeah, because their whole structure is ridiculous. Their body's like a jumble. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. They look like a duck, a beaver, and like an echidna all mixed together. Um, I feel great affinity for them because when yes. I look in the mirror, I'm like, 
Well, this nose was not supposed to be here. This went clearly to a much bigger person. You, it's like when you wake up in the morning, you're like, you look like a character generation generator that just got like you click the randomizer button. You're like, huh. Yeah. Or it's like, you know, shit is not good when like your face ID doesn't recognize right, you. Right, right. It's like, nah. No. I've seen Sophia and this is not it. And I'm like, oh, okay, well. Uh, so, yeah, these are actually, they're uh, monotremes, uh, the platypus. So they're, what does that that's mean? Why, that's why they're so, like, so jumbled. Uh, so they're, like, a very early form of mammal. Um, mm. So they're actually kind of a cool look into our evolutionary past um, because they lay eggs and they excrete milk, but they don't have nipples. They just kind of, like, it oozes through their pores in their skin. Um, what? Yeah. So yeah. they're just getting milky all over? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. So there are actually these like grooves in their tummies that sort of like the milk coalesces in. And then the babies just lick it up. Okay. So like milk folds? Yeah. But they're not nipples yet. They didn't, ev- they weird. haven't evolved it yet. Yeah. Um, and uh, they, and that's, that also explains like their bizarre appearance of having like bills and stuff. Um, they're just, they're just super ancient forms of mammals. It's really cool. Um, and, uh, guess where they are? Australia? Yeah! <laughs> We've actually talked about them a little bit before. Uh, they use electrolocation, uh, which means they can detect very tiny electrical signals coming from prey, like worms and stuff, uh, in the water, uh, in I love their, that shit. Their bills. That's sophisticated yeah. as fuck. Um, and, uh, but something... That, you know, they look really cute, just like lovable little goofballs. But male platypus have a spur on their feet that can deliver a powerful kick of venom. Just, a spur? Yes. Just one? No, they got, got them on both back Oh, feet. okay. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. I was like, that'd be really weird if it was just one. <laughs> uh, well, ma- male platypus can, uh, uh, so like, even though it's not deadly to humans, it is super duper unpleasant and very painful. Um, it is deadly to smaller animals like dogs, um, and it's so painful to humans that it can be incapacitating. Uh, so it can also even, like, in the months following getting stung by platypus, uh, you can have a hypersensitivity to pain. Wow. Um, so it fucks you up for a while. Yeah. Um, but they so, have those little duck feet. I know. Oh, God, what do you mean? Feet. What do you mean these things are poisonous? They they look like they would just be like, hello, I'm just a platypus. And, and they're like, like, please put me on your lap. Please put me on your lap. Ha <laughs> I stabbed you. I can't believe Enjoy those. the pain for the coming months. Can you see the spurs? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Females have the spurs too, but they actually aren't attached to like they, they don't have the glands that produce the venom. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um So you can pick up a female one. Yeah. 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 Well, I w- <laughs> I, I, I don't, <laughs> I just don't you said it. I'm oh doing goodness. it. Don't don't just leave them alone. Leave them alone. God damn it, leave leave the platypus alone. <laughs> um so why do they have these? Well, they are probably defensive weapons. They can also be uh, weapons that are used between males to compete during mating season. Um, and it's likely that the venom uh, was derived from what's called defensin-like proteins, which is part of the immune system that kills off pathogens um, and has been adapted into a defensive venom in the platypus. I had no idea. Yes. They... they caught all the girl ones, though. Yeah. 
I don't care. But I'm then their jealous boyfriends are going to come up and stab you with their pointy feet. Oh, fuck. Good point. So, Do you know if they can pierce like shoes or something? Hmm. I don't know. Because if not, I got you, don't I, bitches? Just like get I your, gl- got you. hug them with your galoshes. Just wearing boots on the beach. <laughs> I don't, they aren't really a beach Yeah, I guess type they're animal. not. Yeah. Um. I mean, you know, again, like unless you really like kind of frustrate a platypus, the you're probably fine. Well, they're in, they're like in, they're in uh, marshy like water, bodies of water. Like swampy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So uh, some cute animals can pack a punch even if they don't have venom. Um, so do you know of leopard seals? No. Are they seals that are leopard printed? Kind of, yeah. Exactly. Uh, I'm down. I'm very down. Oh, I'm a big at, print. Look at this cutie. <gasps> look at Ooh. that cute little guy. Hello. They look like little sea puppies. They're so cute. I mean, they look pretty much like regular seals. They yeah. just have a little bit of spots. They got spots, and they, they kind of have this little smile. Look at that. They smile. But all the seals smile. Yeah, but these ones are cute, too. They're cute. They have like a little bit of like a Dalmatian situation yes. going, a little bit. But the spots aren't as big. And uh, they are found in the Antarctic. Uh, they're very cute until they open their huge, terrible mouths. Wow, that is an unhinge the jaw and swallow a penguin hole situation. Their mouths are full of huge teeth and their jaws can open so wide they can chow down on an entire penguin. Yeah, that's what it fucking looked like. Like it could just swallow the penguin hole. Yeah, I think, I mean, I feel like that could fit my head in it. I have a small head, but Yeah, me too. Um, Child side sunglasses for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I someone knitted a hat and was like, "Oh, this doesn't fit anyone because it's like sized for a child." And I put it on. It's like, mm, "Groomy." Yes, yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Tiny head club. <laughs> yes, the heads that can fit right in a seal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they've actually been known to attack and even drown humans. Uh, there Why was, do they hate us? Uh, well, I mean, we do kind of, we just annoy I them. Get it. I, I mean, we are destroying the planet, so, yeah, no. No, it's on <laughs> us. You're right, seals. Uh, you, you are correct to harm us, seals. But not really, because, like, so there was a marine biologist who was just innocently studying, and uh, he was killed after being dragged 200 feet below the water by a leopard seal, uh, which is just a horrifying way to go dude that is really far down yes it's just so it's like ah uh, just being dragged that like, is the worst death yeah being Holy dragged fuck. and you're like, like feeling yourself drown as you're being dragged uh, that that's like i think that's sort of the basis of that i think it's called like lassophobia where it's like that fear of the depths and just being dragged into the depths of the ocean i i totally get it that's ugh, so creepy quick question was the seal mad because he was not enjoying being studied. That maybe it could have been like a situation where it was like. It, like, it, do they do that to swimmers? I mean, maybe the seal was just following stand your water ground. Like, kind of stand. <laughs> There's standard laws. Stand my water laws. Yes. Um, like, you're in my ocean. Yeah. That's it. You yep. get got. Uh, so a cuter story is that. But a, wait, question. Yeah. Question. Do they always drag their prey down? Oh, they mostly bite him real good. Huh. So he really was mad at the man. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It could be like he may have just been playing because they have been known. They like, they're kind of like cats. They like to play with their prey. 
So he may have just been sort of playing around like, oh, this is fun, as the guy's just like panicking and drowning. Because these are, their leopard seals are psychopaths. <laughs> <laughs> they're the permanent teenagers yes. of the they're, they're like the asshole, sea world. They're like the asshole cats of the sea. Um, so this is a, just a palate cleanser, this cute story. A female leopard seal, seal uh, found a wildlife photographer doing uh, some photos. And uh, he, like, when he, he was fully aware of the dangers of leopard seals, so he was, like, really scared. But photographers are weird in that somehow they can kind of dissociate themselves from their fear and just keep taking photos. Like, I keep hearing this story over and over. They're like, oh, this is really scary. I I might I'm about to die. I better get a good shot. Like I've got to get a good frame. That's so crazy. Um, got to get that good composition right before you die. So he was like, ah, oh, crap. You know, um, he was pretty scared. But instead of like chomping on him or dragging him to his death, uh, she kept trying to feed him. <laughs> uh, so she would take like half, like these just like dead uh, penguins and like throwing them at him and like. She would get increasingly frustrated because he kept refusing to eat it. And he, he thought that maybe it was like she thought he was um, either like a malnourished or like a baby seal or something. And she was like, eat the food, eat the food. Kind of. She's the Jewish mom. <laughs> you, you're so thin. Eat, eat some sit, more. Sit down. Have a little <laughs> schmear. What are you doing? Where you, where you going? <laughs> Um and yeah, my grandma would be like, "Oh, you need to eat more," and then like, and and then uh, or other times being like, "Oh, you look so healthy and full." It's like, just stop, please. Yeah, I know. My family will be like, "Oh, you look fat." <laughs> oh God, they don't mean it in a negative yeah. way, but that like a positive way. They just, I just think it's weird to like, uh, be keeping track of what yeah. my weight is publicly. Yeah. So it's not like I'm, I'm like mad. I'm just like, it's weird that you're keeping track of this. Yeah. I'm not out here being like, well, last time you were right. 162 and today you're 175. Yeah. It's super weird. And I, I really hate it when like when my grandma used to just shove dead penguins down my mouth. Yeah, it's- I know. It's such a common experience around the dinner table. <laughs> it's like, God, Grandma, I, I already told you, I only like yeah. the top half of the penguin. Yeah. <laughs> I do not like the feet. Get it away from me. Um, so... That also reminds me of cats where it's like they give you, they keep giving you half dead mice because they're trying to teach you. And, you know, seals will teach their young how to, how to so hunt. Sweet. So it's, it's, it's pretty, it's a heartwarming story other than the times that the seals try to drown us and kill us. I like that you don't know if they're going to feed you or kill you. Yeah. That's, it's a gamble with seals. Real, uh, you know, it's like, like you could have a game show called Make a Seal and you got to make a deal. And if you choose the wrong seal, you die. <laughs> Starring Howie Mandel. And there's no control whatsoever right. of which contestants <laughs> get eaten. Just Howie Mandel like trying to fight off some seals. Um, I yeah. watched that. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's a huge germaphobe. So oh, yeah. Um, I wonder what he would be like in the water. Well, Is that he, like more germy or less well, germy? Well, if he was covered him? in a wetsuit. And just like fighting seals with that. Is that your, if you've got That's a comic book right there. Yeah. Howie Mandel, seal, seal smasher. Seal fighter. <laughs> Starring Howie Mandel and The Rock as the seal. 
Vin Diesel as Elephant Seal One. That's like that's like the that's sort of the trifecta of like shiny headed boys. Yeah, like, bald bald men. Yeah, tough hot, bald men club. Hot tough bald men club. Yeah. Um, yeah. You gotta get swole. You gotta lose your hair. You gotta get gotta get tough. swole if you want to be king of the shoal. <laughs> <laughs> so there's the Scottish myth of kelpies. Uh, have you heard of these? Nah. So there's they're these uh, beautiful shape shifting women who are sometimes horses. Um, <laughs> so this is like a mermaid version. Yeah, it's like but a version it's of a mermaid. A, it's like a story. Scot- this is Scottish version of the mermaid, mm. where they're like horses. <laughs> um, so, so I guess Scottish people kind of want to fuck a horse. Well, I don't. I mean, sailors kind of wanted to fuck a fish. I'm not going to go on the record and say that, but you can. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, these these beautiful creatures uh, want to kind of like mermaids in some uh, versions of folklore. They want to seduce you, so you go to the water and then they grab onto you and drown you, like the elephant seal. You mean like the leopard seal? Yes, thank you. Lep- elephant Sorry. seals are the ones with the big old floppity proboscis. Yeah, they're so fun. They're fun. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, just took a detour. That's all right. The elephant seals always deserve a mention just for how great Delightful. and floppy they are. Um, and the sounds they make. They do make good sounds. <laughs> <laughs> so the myth of the Kelpie may have originated from just like explaining how otherwise capable full-grown men would drown in bodies of water. Because um, it's surprisingly easy to drown. especially. I mean, undertow. Yeah, undertow. How. You can get caught in just like a sort of a, a current that like sucks you under like I, I went backpacking last weekend and I was like reading all about how, the ways you can die in seemingly <laughs> innocent looking streams and like one way is you get like you get sucked through tree roots and then you get tangled and you drown. <laughs> um, I would love to go hiking with you I normally hate it but yeah. if you were gonna tell me about all the ways I could die yeah. beforehand I would definitely yeah. go. <laughs> Oh, I definitely Google all the ways I can possibly die. It's a, it's part of my anxiety. Anyways, <laughs> um, one other explanation for how Kelpie, the myth of the Kelpie originated, was a weather phenomenon uh, called water spouts, where it's like a uh, sort of vortex of water that can look like like a living figure. I guess if you're drunk enough, maybe you're squinting and you haven't seen a woman in a really long right. time. Right. If you're super Scottish, you're very drunk and you see like a like a water spout and it's like. Is that a lassie? Is that a beautiful lassie? Can I put my dick in that? <laughs> I don't know how to do Scottish accents. Can I put accent, my sorry. Agus in that? <laughs> I do want to talk about a real life Kelpie, though, which is, what is the that beautiful mean? and elegant swan. Um, so swans, swans seem, are sexy. Swans are sexy. They're beautiful. They uh, but they're super. They are like super jock aggro. Of, yeah, like they're always like going like, you want to start some bra? Bruh. They're mean. They're you pretty into and mean. Me, bruh. Yeah. Bro. They're like the mean girls. They are the mean. The birds. The mean, yeah, mean girls and boys. Like the males are especially territorial and aggressive, uh, especially when defending their nesting sites. So. <sighs> Tell me about it. I do want to dispel one myth. Uh, they cannot typically break your legs with their necks or their wings. They are strong. They've got very strong necks. Who says that that happens? Oh, I just, it's just sort of a, I think it's just sort of a an urban legend. I think that, you made that up. No, I didn't. Well, because like my mom, I remember she w- told me the story about how she was at like a pond and there was a swan and the swan started chasing her 
And like she was like running away and screaming and like like bystanders were like laughing at her. And some guy was like, oh, it was a good thing you ran away from that swan because they can, like, break your legs. I think this is a personal urban myth that that man started for your mother. I don't, I think, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure this is a Hey, listeners, spread. let us know if yeah, you let have us heard know. this swan breaking your tweet, legs myth. Tweet at how wrong Sophia is. That would <laughs> yeah. be great. Yeah, please tweet at me with how 100% right I am. That's a, I mean, you can do that if you're wrong, but if you're <laughs> one of the smart people who are correct, uh, anyway. The point is they probably can't break your legs like mafiosos, but they will hiss, flap their wings. They will. And uh, they have drowned a person before. And they will try to drown. Wait, what? How do they drown a person? Well, um, so there was a swan keeper in De Plains, Iowa. (laughs) Uh, Don't gloss over it. A A swan swan keeper? Well, apparently some people I only keep swans. (laughs) Um, Any other bird they ask me to keep? I say it is, no. It is I, the swan keeper, the keeper of the keys to the swans. Show me to the swans <laughs> so I may keep them. Come hither and answer these questions three that so that you may see my swans. Um, I, I think some people like to have swans in ponds because they like chase off geese and stuff. So uh, and swans, I guess, are pre- oh, we don't want geese. Yeah, I guess swans are prettier than geese, but swans will fucks with you just as much as geese so i'm not really sure yeah it's just kind of trading uh right morphine for methadone over here right i guess mute swans are quieter but they're still extremely aggressive <laughs> um so um uh so there was a swan keeper who was drowned to death by a posse of angry swans oh my god they didn't do it alone uh yes <gasps> this is there even was a more group terrifying of swans uh they capsized his kayak and <laughs> oh they, my god uh, he wasn't even swimming yeah he was, he was in a vessel he was in a kayak they knocked him over and then they just kept him from swimming to shore and he drowned shut um up. yeah and uh Actually, Anna just texted me that a swan killed a dog uh, as its owner watched on in horror as the bird, quote, beat down on it. Oh, my God. Um, oh, yeah. And it, so it killed the dog with its wings. So that's what uh, the fuck. Yeah, they're pretty. They're they're powerful animals. Wait. So how so they can communicate their hate to each other to drown a person as a group with that's a lot with a lot of hissing and flapping and i think yeah it's uh like that's a lot right yeah. that they all could like do that together i mean i think it's just i a- can't get fucking three people to brunch <laughs> these fucking swans are getting posses to yeah. murder people just one of them's got a switchblade one of them's just like smacking its fist and it's it's wing <laughs> for real these are some badass swans. snapping their little wing fingers like the shark side story yeah <laughs> Um, so there was also an infamous swan in the UK who kept attacking rowers and was named Mr. Asbo, which is apparently a word referring to the UK acronym, quote, antisocial behavior orders, which I guess is from like the, uh, I I guess it's like if someone, if a kid is like misbehaving, they can send out an antisocial behavior order, like stopping the kid from like doing that behavior. I'm not, I'm actually not sure, and I apologize if that word is like sort of derogatory or something. It's just like it, yeah, we just some, don't know anything about. It's this. just like a British acronym, and so they named this swan Mister Asbo because he kept attacking rowers and boats and trying to capsize boats. 
insane. I love that instead of removing him, they're just like, let's name him and keep him. Yeah, because if I'm if I'm correct, I I'm think I'm not that saying they should kill him, but I'm, maybe move him to where there's no yeah, rollers. They you just know? like, well, let's just call him Mr. Asshole and like yeah, live and with then him. just keep it. Yeah. I'm well, like, I mean, oh, they kill really swan keepers, so what? Yeah. Do the rest of us like no, we don't stand a chance? <laughs> Why are we waiting for that swan to become a murderer? <laughs> I mean, it's it is guilty uh, before proven innocent. With no, we no, gotta no, move this swan to where guilty. he's not bothered by rowers. Right. Um, I'm gonna start a campaign. I, I mean, to be fair, I feel like the swan was there first, so maybe we should move out of the. Swan's I'm good territory. for either of that. I'm just saying because I'm pretty sure that swan's gonna like any attempt to move that swan. If I've learned anything from Hot Fuzz, it's impossible. <laughs> well, I definitely think you have to drug the swan. Right. Just the and one And then he swan just wakes actually. up in a beautiful pond <laughs> and there's no rowers. He'll... Have you seen Hot Fuzz? Yes, but not in a long ass time. They they like keep trying to uh chase find a swan and get it back like a swan that's like on the loose. Uh, and then like the whole denouement of the thing is when they realize it's not just one swan. And it's also not just one murderer. <gasps> but if that that dun, dun, dun. if that movie were more accurate, probably the swan would be the murderer the whole time. Oh man, that's the ultimate twist. <laughs> and that Shawan's gonna make a yeah. movie about this. I mean, to be fair, statistically speaking, swans don't kill that many people. Obviously, because it's super newsworthy when a person look. Swans is don't kill people. Swans beaks and people with swans wings kill people. <laughs> kill people. <laughs> So we've talked about cute things that can be aggressive, but what about cute aggression? So cute aggression is the feeling some of us get when we see something cute, like an unspeakably adorable puppy where we grit our teeth and clench our fists and go, oh, you're so cute, I'm gonna smash you and eat you. So uh, what's up with that? Though the term cute aggression has only been popularized since 2013, there's a Filipino word called, uh, and excuse my pronunciation, uh, jigil, uh, that means, quote, the gritting of teeth and the urge to pinch or squeeze something that is unbearably cute. So this is called a dimorphous display, meaning there's a mismatch between a positive feeling and a typically negative expression, sort of like when you're so happy you cry. Yale researchers found that people were more likely to pop bubble wrap and make aggressive expressions when faced with really cute images. They theorized that when you get too overwhelmed by something cute, the intensity of the emotions and the strength of the caretaker signal short circuits your brain. Both aggression and hugging could be approach responses that may be connected in the brain. It's just that the cute widow face of a baby puppy overloads your brain and mixes up your approach signal to go from gently pet to crushing smush. When we get back, we'll talk about some innocent looking animals that will most certainly crush and smush you. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. 
So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. So do you have a zoophobia? It's very common, a phobia of some kind of animal. One of the most common phobias is arachnophobia, a fear of spiders. But this may not actually be warranted. Only around seven people die a year in the U.S. of spider bites, uh, if any at all, in any given year. So for comparison, staircases kill over a thousand people a year. In fact, when you really look at the numbers, some of the animals we fear are far less frightening than some we may overlook. Let's compare the terrifying shark with the adorable cow. Well, sharks kill only about seven people globally a year, whereas cows in the U.S. kill around 22 people a year by either stomping or goring. Of course, a cow isn't inherently more aggressive or dangerous than a shark, just statistically speaking, you're more likely to encounter a murderous cow than a murderous shark. But sometimes, unexpected animals aren't just statistically more likely to kill you, but definitely are gunning for you far more than their scarier counterparts. We're about to reveal how some animals you think are dangerous match up against their real unexpected terrors. So, we're about to match up some animals, and I mean, I think I've probably spoiled it with the theme of the episode, but who would you think is more dangerous, a bear or a moose? Moose. You're very you're you're catching on to my whole tricky theme here. Well, it's just that I've also seen a moose mm-hmm. and it was so fucking scary and big. Yeah. I was like, oh, it's gonna fuck up this car if it like oh, yeah. recharges it. And so now I'm like, yeah, fuck fuck a moose. <laughs> Actually a lot of uh deaths regarding moose uh happen because they're in the road and it's a car accident and it's just the moose is such a huge animal that the impact can kill the the occupants of the vehicle yeah it's and also insane. the moose it's yeah the moose is yeah yeah so actually uh jesse coltrane a wildlife biologist uh told cbs news quote assume every moose is a serial killer standing in the middle of the trail with a loaded gun uh which basically describes how capable these animals are of killing you um, so they're actually not more aggressive than bears, um, but they do outnumber them. So you're much more likely to encounter them. Uh, in Alaska, 10 people are attacked by moose a year, uh, which is more than grizzly and black bears attacks combined. Um, moose are generally gentle creatures, but not when they're mad at you. <laughs> not if you, like, scare them. And they're, they're just freaking giant they're They're so bulky it's not on them i think if you haven't seen one in person it's hard to even contemplate how big they are 
Um, so here's some stats. They're heavier than a bear. They're taller than a horse, and they can run up to 35 miles per hour. Uh, so if you upset a moose, you're just not in, in good shape. It's over, buddy. <laughs> so they will attack when provoked, uh, but also when they're hangry. So uh, I really uh, identify with that. Yeah, you know, like those those like Snickers commercials where like you turn into Liza Minnelli mm-hmm. when you don't eat your Snickers. It's like these moose are just always Liza Minnelli. It's like going like, oh. Mm-hmm. I'm big and my got big knees and oh, I'm so hungry. It's not really how Liza Minnelli talks. It's is a it? really good Liza Minnelli. I'm a moose. Can I still do a fossy neck? <laughs> <laughs> so if you you should not feed moose, and here's one reason: uh, if you feed them and then they return to that spot where you fed them and they find no more food, they'll, they'll be pretty pissed. They'll get cranky and aggressive. Um, and when they start licking their lips, uh, that's when, you know, they're agitated. Oh, fuck. Um, so, and it's time to get out of there. When they're going all LL Cool J on you. Right. And I don't, my, the main thing is like, try not to upset a moose. Try not to like get into a moose's zone. Um, but, uh, some sources I've read have said like, if a moose is like, just like if you see a moose and it look you know, like don't approach it and like try to get away from it. Um, you want to like leave its territory. Um, it's not a predator. So generally speaking, I don't think it's going to necessarily chase you if you like if you scram. So like with with some predators, you have to be careful because if you like kind of get out of there quickly, they um, will chase you. Um, They're like challenge accepted. <laughs> like with bears, you're so, so supposed to kind of back Play away. Play dead, right? Right. Well, not always. It depends on the kind of bear. Um, some of them you're supposed to, like with some of the smaller bears, like you, I think playing dead is more successful. But like with grizzly bears, you're just like, I think, uh, or actually it might be, don't listen to me about bear safety. Yeah. <laughs> just, this is not a bear safety this podcast. This is not a bear okay? safety you find podcast. That. But just, like, so depending on the type of bear, you, you either want to back away or just ball up into a fetal position uh, to protect yourself. And the same thing is true of, uh, moose, like if a moose is stomping on you, you're supposed to like ball up into a fetal position and hope it stops. <laughs> um, but you know, don't, what a sad plan. Don't take my word for it. Take a moose safety course before you <laughs> tangle with a moose, which I coincidentally teach. Mm. Maybe that's why you've invited oh. me on. Oh yeah, that's right. Your moose safety court that's course. Right. <laughs> just like, just like, grab. First of all, grab the moose by the testicles. I mean. Um, like I said, it's finger up the butt for the pit <laughs> bull, and the then you, yeah. you fist up the butt for the moose because it's very right, big. Right, Don't, don't do never that. listen to me. Don't listen to either of us. Just I'm a don't. comedian. I have yeah. nothing to offer that is of value. Don't stick a finger up a moose's butt. I can't believe I have to say this again. Um, <laughs> just don't mess with moose. They're very big, and they're, they're tanks, and they'll, 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 they'll. They'll give you, they'll deliver a good ass whooping to you, is the mm-hmm. thing. Um, so we mentioned arachnophobia. Um, what, what sort of, uh, uh, small, what small creature, uh, do you think could be as, like, what other insect, what other small, uh, creature do you think could be as dangerous as a spider? I mean, so many things bite, right? Like fucking red ants bite. Mm-hmm. Like so many little tiny things bite. Things that fly. I don't know. Wasps. Mm-hmm. Different kinds of 
I mean, wasps and bees are actually more dangerous than spiders. Um, and there are some ants that, while they're not necessarily deadly, the bullet ant will deliver an extremely painful bite that is, mm. yeah. <laughs> as its name kind of implies, feels like a bullet. Um, but actually, uh, freshwater snails are far more dangerous than tarantulas, other venomous spiders, or even bees and wasps. Wow. Um, so... Most spiders and tarantulas are pretty shy, and many of them are not even, like, they don't even have uh, venom. And even those that do, most of them aren't deadly to humans. Um, so rarely do spider bites cause death. Um, some years there are just no recorded spider bite. Fatalities. Fatalities. Um <laughs> Fatality. Uh, even in Australia, home of like just every animal that wants to murder you, uh, there hadn't been a recorded fatality from spider bites for like almost 40 years until 2016 when someone was killed by a redback spider. Um, and the statistics on spider bites are kind of hard to come by because it's hard to like diagnose a spider bite, but uh, Suffice it to say, it's not like an epidemic. Um, fatalities are likely to be in the single digits in the U.S. per year. Um, and some years, there's just like no no uh, fatalities at all. So it's like an average over years. And I think I mentioned before, it was a, it's around like, like six or seven a year. And then globally, it's probably pretty similar. But freshwater snails can cause snail fever, which is also known as, and here we go, schistosomiasis. That sounds really good. I trust you more than me on that one. I just had confidence that was really misplaced because I don't know anything <laughs> about this. Let's call it snail fever. Yeah. <laughs> snail fever. He got a case of snail fever. Uh, it's caused by a parasitic flatworm found inside the snails. Um, so I guess you could actually blame the flatworm. Yeah, that's the not snails. really the snail's fault. Right. Uh, it's sort of a, a nesting doll of bad. <laughs> um uh, so the World Health Organization estimates that more than 200,000 deaths uh, per year are due to freshwater snails worldwide. Um, the disease is found in tropical countries in Africa, uh, the Caribbean, South America, Southeast Asia, and the Middle East. Um, and most of the deaths occur in continental Africa. Um, and it's just like... Like, it's sort of back to the cone snail where it's this very innocent. You don't think of snails as deadly. Um, and yet they are way, just in terms of numbers of deaths, they're way more deadly than spiders. All I think about them when you say snail, I think about accidentally stepping on, the, on oh, them. And I then don't how like that. bad you feel. And yeah. you're like, no, why? I didn't see you. Why I would know. you be in my path? I know. I hate it. Um, uh I had Katie Willard on and she's like a she likes to rescue snails because she's just like, oh, imagine like you're so slow moving and then like a God comes in and like picks you up and puts you to safety. Um, but I, I yeah, I feel really guilty when I step on a snail. It's also not it's also I hate gross. It. It's nasty. It makes me feel bad. I the know. The crunch is like the worst sound. I know. It's just like, is that a Frito? Oh, no. And like I usually, you know, if you can see them, you're always like, oh, let me move you around. Right. Like, away, buddy. But it's. They also don't, don't like to be moved, and you, like, pull them, and yeah, it's like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to... Yeah, they're like... <laughs> they're like, no, it's for yeah. your own good. I used to collect a bunch of snails. Like, when I was a kid, I would, like, collect so many snails, and then, like... But, like, they... When you have too many snails, it just makes your hands smell gross. <laughs> what do they smell like, snails? Oh, just gross. Just gross. 
They smell gross. When there's too many of them and they're all pooping on you, it's not good. What's their poop like? Oh, it's little, little, little black sort of like, or brownish little tiny. Is it goo? Yeah, it's kind of gooey, I guess. Like sort of just like, like little strands. So no, it's more like fish poo, where it's just like little strands. I guess I don't know what fish fish poo is like at all. Little strands of grossness. Okay. Uh, also, when I was a kid, I, according to my mom, uh, when I was like a toddler, I would eat raw snails from the garden, Gross. just stick them in my mouth and uh, eat them. So. Uh, and she knew because I had like snail shell all over my mouth when I'd like come oh back. Oh my inside. god! Um, so maybe this is payback uh, for for eating their for eating snails like brothers. some kind of karmic payback. Um, yeah, but it's it's a it's actually it's like a really serious uh, uh, disease that causes a lot of death. And it's interesting to me because we we have such a cultural fear of spiders, but. We don't know. as It's just there's not as much information that is in the popular media about things like deaths caused by these, these parasitic flatworms found in these innocuous-looking snails. Wild. I know. So you know how The Lion King is out right now and yes. all that? I, haven't, I have to admit, I have not seen the, the new one yet. Uh, I, I have seen the old one. It's a delightful romp. I love romp. the old one. It's a delightful romp that is super inaccurate. Um, so we're going to correct the record about some lion things. But first, hippos versus lions. Who do you think is the bigger badass? Hippos, yes. size-wise. Size-wise, but also just attitude-wise and everything-wise, yeah, really. Yeah. Um, so uh, just some of the numbers that I could scrounge up. Uh, between 1990 and 2004, um, on average, only around 40 people were killed per year in uh, Tanzania, um, which is the country with one of the largest populations of lions, um, and sort of, I couldn't find really good statistics on this, but sort of the upper estimate that I found of total deaths per year of lion from like lion attacks is around 250. So that's you know that's, that's actually lot. that's a pretty good amount. That's a fucking lot. Yeah. Well, hippos kill about 500 people per year in Africa. They are just all about wrecking They're so intense. You. They are very intense. Type A personality. So historically, the Zulu people of Southern Africa have recognized the hippo's clear dominance over lions. Uh, there's an old folk song that goes, quote, he is a lion, yet he is better than a lion. He is a hippopotamus. Oh, that's uh, adorable. Yes. And so they, they were savvy to how much better hippos were at just pure tank tanknitude um so they're extremely aggressive towards humans um they'll often capsize boats and bite crush or drown the humans in them uh in 2014 a hippo attacked a boat in uh eastern i think it was so it was in uh, niger and it killed uh 13 people which was almost everyone on board wow um They'll also raid crops near their territory, and they'll kill humans who try to stop them. Because uh, I guess they love corn. <laughs> it doesn't. <laughs> Come to a cookout, hippos. I don't know what they actually, what kind of crops they prefer, but I have seen wa- them like just crush entire watermelons in their little mouths. They're so cute at the zoo too. They they yeah, like they're, they're like so, behind a thing. They're, you're like, they're great. cute. They're just like these. You, you imagine them from the Disney, like the. You know that the Fantasia thing where they're all ballerinas and they're like dancing around and they're adorable, uh, but you know they weigh up to four thousand pounds, which is about as much as a large SUV. 
Um, they can open their mouths at an 180-degree angle. And listen to this. It has a bite strength of 2,000 pounds per square inch. Holy shit. So for comparison, lions only have about 650 pounds per square inch of jaw force. Um, and their teeth, the, the hippo's teeth, can reach lengths of over a foot long. And they're purely there for combat and sexual competition and defense. Um, they're not really used that much for eating. Um, their back molars are what are used for that. So um, they also are, we think of them as kind of blunt. Like when you think of sort of the Disney cartoon, they're just sort of like blunt cylinders. But that is not true. Um, they are self-sharpening as they scrape against each other in their jaw. And so I have a Creepy. picture of a hippo skull so you can see just how sharp they are. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, you Those can are see, intense. Yeah, they come to points. Um, and I'll, I'll probably post this picture up on our on our various sites or in the footnotes. But you can see it's like their teeth are serious business. They are sharp. Um, uh, so they are uh, way more dangerous than lions, uh, not just statistically, but also just like I mean, I would kind of rather fight a lion than a hippo. I think if you it's you versus hippo, there's no chance. If it's no. you versus lion, well, there's still no, no chance, chance. But I feel like maybe I could discourage the lion eventually. If I survive long enough, the lion might think it's not worth it. Maybe. Hmm. Depends. Depends on how sweet your flesh is. Right. And also, like, if I can do sort of a Liam Neeson thing where I attach a bunch of, like, little broken, like, um, sort of wine bottles, like some of this, or not wine, you know, those little tiny, those liquor bottles that you uh -huh. get the little, the little, uh, like, travel liquors yep, yep. Or, or the, the like, when the mini fridge mm -hmm. stuff. If I had a mini fridge and I could just use the weapons that I can craft from a mini fridge with a little tiny off like things. I would and love to know where you are that there's a lion and also a mini fridge full of tiny Vegas. Tiny Smirnoff Obviously ices. Vegas, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that um, makes sense. So speaking of lions, I wanted to cap off this show to uh, kind of correct the record about lions because like, they're obviously one of the most feared animals or at least uh, considered to be this very fearsome uh, and uh, the Lion King is spreading some mistruths about lions. Actually, since I haven't seen the new one, I don't know if they correct it in this one. I kind of doubt it, you know? I don't um, think anybody was screaming about the inaccuracy of the first one. I was. <laughs> My lone voice screaming out. Um, and I actually, so I, I was uh, I, I was uh, helping out the Bechdel cast with this too because they wanted a. Uh, they wanted some hot tips about the Lion King, so I gave them this. So you may have already heard uh, some of these these really important, this very hot take I have on lions. Uh, if you listen to the podcast, or yeah, if you or if you haven't listened to it yet, go listen to their their podcast. It's brilliant. Um, so first of all, let's talk about Lion King and gender dynamics. Yes. Uh, uh, so prides are often thought to only contain uh, one male in like a harem of females, but this isn't totally accurate. So there's a certain sort of subspecies of lions uh, called Savo lions, and they they do typically only contain a single adult male as a rule. Uh, most other subspecies of lions have prides, uh, and there can be one male, but they can have up to four males, uh, and they're typically brothers. Um, and typically there is one dominant male who's allowed to mate, uh, and then there's several females and their cubs. So another kind of thing, I think that the Lion King gives this impression that the male lions are in charge, and they're sort of the political leaders of 
the pride, and that's just not true. So uh, it's true that male lions are bigger and more powerful uh, than their female counterparts, but female lions make up the core of a pride. Uh, so males can come and go. Um, a dominant alpha male in the pride will eventually be ousted by a younger, more fit male uh, or males who will take a tenure at the pride. So it's just it's like a revolving door of male lions, basically. Um, and it's not nepotistic, so his son isn't going to take over like Simba in The Lion King. Um, instead, Simba would probably go off and try to find his own pride. He'd get like kicked out when he was a teenager and then go off. And it's hard to say like who's in charge of a lion pride. Both females and males have roles. Like females do a lot of cub rearing, and they do the majority of the hunting, um, which like that's another thing. I think in the Lion King, too, which is the one with have you did you see the other Lion Kings or just the one Lion King? The only one. There's like a couple of sequels, lesser known. There's one where it's like. Simba's daughter like meets like this bad boy lion who's like Scar's son or it's dumb but you know so like this this boy lion Kovu teaches Simba's daughter how to hunt and that just doesn't make any sense like females are way better at hunting than males even despite their smaller size they're much more proficient in hunting um maybe because of their smaller size I think it's also the social, The social, they're much more social. There's a lot more sort of like learning from each other and working as a group. They're more, um, they have a lot more sort of communication. Team building. Team building, yeah. Um, and so much so that actually prides are thought of as being matriarchal societies um, because the permanent social structure is maintained by females, whereas the presence of any one male is temporary. Um so another, this is one you may have heard of, which uh, is kind of gross, but in The Lion King, um, in the structure that they have set up, Nala and Simba would either be half-siblings or cousins, because as you notice, like, there's Scar and Mufasa are the only lions. Yeah. Um, and probably, the way it works, like, usually there's just one dominant male who will mate, so probably they would be half-siblings. Um, and so it makes no sense for them to get together in the end. Um, cause like typically that genetic bottleneck of inbreeding is avoided by dispersal where the male lions prefer to move away from their, uh, natal pride, uh, in order to seek a new pride or territory. So the most accurate the movie got was when Simba like moved away from the pride, but, and it's like, if he never came back, like Scar had suggested, that would be way better because then he's not going to be inbreeding his sister and yeah. And like dwindling the genetic pool to like. Yeah. Ugh, yeah, it's nasty. Um, also, females will gang up on intruder males who attempt to take control of a pride. So if Scar tried to, you know, pull what he did, like the female lions would probably kill him. And he's like kind of scrawny, so they probably could kill him. Truth. Um, and uh, so um, just a few more uh, short notes about the Lion King. Rafiki is called a baboon in the movie. He's not. He's a mandrel. Uh, mandrels were once thought to be baboons, but they now have their own genus, so that's wrong. Uh, hyenas would never work with lions. Uh, lions eat hyena cubs and sometimes vice versa. And lions will also steal hyena kills, so hyenas are not purely scavengers. Um, so sometimes hyenas will steal lion kills if they can gang up on them, but often lions are the ones stealing hyena kills. Um, and hyenas are matriarchal, uh, so they're actually a lot more nepotistic than lions. 
where um, a female's uh, uh, daughter will take control, like will have dominance over the uh, the pack. Um, so actually, if you replaced Mufasa, Simba, and Scar with female hyenas, the movie would suddenly become way more accurate. Um, and Petition. Yes, Petition right now. I know. Like do a moveon.org thing where the Lion King is replaced <laughs> with female hyenas. And in contrast, female lions are actually a lot more democratic and egalitarian, so it would not be a monarchy. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, and real lions would eat fucking Zazu, like, in the first yeah, oh my God, five minutes. Course. It's just, it's ridiculous. Like, that hornbill would be, it would be just, like, an hors d'oeuvre, really. Wouldn't even notice. Just, just in they an, wouldn't even pay attention that, to eating him. That annoying British voice, just like, "Oh, Mr. King, we we've got a problem, and you know, I'm such a worrywart," and they just eat him. I mean, I think Scar did try. Uh, Scar's the real hero. He's really trying to like. I mean, he's trying to feed the hyenas. He's trying to like get some equality with the hyenas, and he's trying to eat the hornbill as as God intended. I mean. <laughs> Hashtag Scar did nothing wrong. Yeah, I didn't know I would come here and right. Uh, Tried to keep Simba from inbreeding. Scar's is the real intense. hero. I mean, honestly, I just could never forgive him for Mufasa's death. So I just feel like all of this is sacrilegious. I mean, but that's also very normal lion behavior, like killing the alpha male. Look, I wish Mufasa was my dad. I, okay. I wish uh, the guy who voices Mufasa was my was like my cool grandpa or my cool uncle. You know, James Earl Jones? Yeah, fuck yeah. God, his voice is amazing. It's it's like... Such a good voice. God, if I, if I, like, I would love to grow up listening to that voice every night, going like, like... Good night. Good Luke, I am your... He never actually says, Luke, I am your father. He just says, no, Luke, I am your father. Because... People really always get it wrong. Yeah. Because, yeah. So, you know, James Earl Jones. Is he a lion? Is he an actual lion? What? James Earl Jones. Like in real life? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He is not a man, but a lion. Yeah, I, I believe it. Nice. 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 Where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter and Instagram um, at the Sophia, spelled S-O-F-I-Y-A. And uh, I co-host a podcast about love and sexuality around the world with Courtney Oh, nasty. Gross. <laughs> Sorry, who's it with? <laughs> Courtney Kozak, and it's called Private Parts Unknown. Oh, gross. Sick. <laughs> Disgusting. Oh, how dare you? So you can find us uh, on the internet at... Uh, so there's CreatureFeaturePod.com. That's our website. Um, you can find us on Twitter at CreatureFeatPod and on Instagram at CreatureFeaturePod. I'm Katie Golden. You can find me on Twitter at Katie Golden. And also I'm a bird sometimes at Twitter. So uh, pro bird rights, follow that. Support avian rights and support the eventual takeover of the government by birds. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you're enjoying the show, please smash that like and subscribe. Wait, that doesn't, that's not that's not a podcast thing. But, you know, rate, it. Re- review it, subscribe it, smash it, 
Uh, and just like love your animals. Love animals, go to, go to your natural history museum, support the earth, recycle, reuse, and do not inject yourself with cone snail venom. <laughs> All right, bye you guys, see you next Wednesday. And thanks to the Space Cossacks for their awesome song, Exolumina. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck, yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.